tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Podcast. It's Thursday, and I'm Dave DeFore, so that means it's Nerder She Wrote. Joining me, as always, Coach David Thorpe. Uh, Coach, it's going to be 80 degrees here in San Antonio, Texas. I think I have better weather than you in Florida. And then our guest, Mo Dakil, out in L.A., where it's apparently raining, and it's all he does there. It is so boring. You guys can eat it. I'm, I'm gonna enjoy well, today when we wait a second. I'm not just I'm not just gonna give you the better weather. <laughs> what's what's better? It's 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 gonna be like 72 and blue skies here. We got blue skies in Texas, right? It's 80. somewhere. We 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 see 80 every other day of the week. <laughs> 72, right, bro? It was it was like 40 <laughs> over the weekend here. So uh, like I'm I'm really like learning that. Load. It's okay. I'll give you a day. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have like. I was in, I was in San Antonio for a week like ten years ago, and I got a sunburn. It was February, right? Like, and I don't normally burn, so like I'm I'm not looking forward to it getting hot here again. Like, because it's a miserable hot. There's no water nearby, yeah. like, except for yeah. under the ground, because right. San Antonio is on top of a huge aquifer, which yeah. means the second it warms up, it's just wet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mo, you lived in San Antonio for a little while. Uh, for for you guys that don't know Mo, Mo's my good my good buddy, uh, former video coordinator for the Spurs and the Clippers. Very smart guy. One of my favorite people to talk basketball with. It's basically him, Coach, and Adam Morris. So uh, wait, wait, you know, last week, last week, I I text I texted Dave. I said, "Let's get Mo next week." Dave goes, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> Mo was on my list of guys. I, by the way, hold on, Jade. How do you know how I said the yes? I just said yes with an exclamation point. I'm making it up. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> no, actually, well, I said, I said here, one man. of those annoying voice texts that you can do uh, that no one actually uses. I, I actually used it just for Mo. Um, That's, all That's all I want. I want my only like I only want you to use the voice text when it's about me. That's it. All right. Well, speaking of hoops, okay, Coach. Yeah. You got some big news, uh, Henry Abbott. Friend of the show, friend, good friend of yours, good friend of Jade's. Uh, bring it back, True Hoop. And I, I, I that want far. What? <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back, baby. Uh, so True Hoop's coming back, which I mean, True Hoop means a lot to a lot of people. I mean, it's sort of where this whole podcast started, right? So, uh, can you tell us more about what this True Hoop is going to be? The new yeah. version. Well, I, I, I don't really I really can't say much about what it's going to be. But, and there's a reason for that. Um, obviously, it's exciting. It's something that I always told what happened. Henry and I stayed in you know, close contact so just as, as very close friends for a long time uh, during his hiatus where he was busy doing a million different things. And he'll tell you that but over time. I'm sure he's up to a lot of stuff. You know, Henry's got a lot of interest way beyond basketball. Uh, most of our conversations have always been at least somewhat centered around our our wives and our kids. And we both recognize his daughter is a sophomore in high school. My kids are juniors. Uh, that chapter is closing pretty fast. And uh, going way back in the day, we, we, we became friends like 12 years ago when, I mean, our, my, my, my son and daughter were five. Uh, we always made sure we carved out a period of time in almost every conversation 
to tell a story about either Max or Rachel on my side or Molly and Duncan on his side. And I'd be hanging up a phone after 90 minutes. He'd be like, hold on, hold on. I got, I got to tell you a Duncan story or a Molly story. And um, it's it's very different now. We don't see our kids nearly as much, especially our three oldest. Uh, Duncan's a little bit younger. But uh, I'd always hoped that, that he'd want to get back, back into it. I never really was sure because he's got so many interests beyond basketball. But, yeah, once once it became clear that he was looking for some help and, and starting a project again, he kind of knows – where I've always stood, which is if I'm ever going to do anything, I want to be kind of on the ownership side, more uh, in control of things rather than just someone else analyzing for, for a big company. And it's great to have a cool opportunity to work with someone I'm so close with and have no problem arguing with, but we always settle as friends. And I think our real focus is, of course, to always tell the truth. Uh, if you ever work for Henry, uh, I'm a little different as an analyst. He didn't really ever edit me. Uh, and I had other great people edit me, but he, he's always big on on just telling the truth, uh, not one side of the truth so you can make your side happy. But let's just try to get the clearest picture of the truth possible. And uh, and so I'm, it's going to be a lot of that. And we're going to try to tell great stories and, and, and explain, you know, great insights that that move people, that, that have leave impact with people. And we're going to keep trying to get better. This is probably the thing he and I talk about maybe the most is keep trying to get better at that process. Uh, as a, as Dave, you do this as a as a basketball coach in a sense. You know that's all I really can focus on is what what can I do better for my guys. I, I always try to tell young coaches that, that I'm not married to any one way of getting a player faster, stronger, more athletic, better shooter, better driller, better passer. I, I I've tried everything, and I'll keep trying everything with a guy until something works. I'm always kind of tweaking like a mad scientist that way. Uh, and then once I know something's working for you, I'll stay with it until I need to do something else. And I think that's we're going to take the same approach to telling stories about the NBA and basketball in general. Uh, just keep trying to get better at telling those stories and reaching people. Uh, we've got yeah, Some exciting things are coming down the road very quickly here. Awesome. Uh, so stay tuned to that. Jade, are yeah, you there? So uh, if, if anyone's going to be in Boston March 2nd, the Middle East still got some tickets on sale. Henry will be there. Dave, why don't you come up? Uh, David, coach, why don't you coach, come up? Coach, come to Boston. Up. We can talk about it. Yeah. Live, live nerder, she wrote. My brother, Mike. Dr. Breaking Michael news, Thorpe. guys. Mike, Michael's going to be there with his son, who's like a future Daryl Morey. Like crazy, brilliant math guy. But he's a junior in high school. Same as my kids. And my brother, Mike's the one that radiologist for all the pro teams here. Uh, so they're going to be there. Yeah, we'll, let's talk about it. Out there, let's uh, yeah, let's pa- hammer it out. Um, pa- Pablo Torre, Pablo Torre, maybe Jackie McMullen, depending. No on way. S- some situation oh. she oh. has to go. She said she's she's trying. Uh, she may to have do some it. surgery. She announced that. I texted. Oh, her, she did. Okay, yeah. She she's announced. Got a back she announced issue. it on her on Zach show. Yeah. Or Brian, she was with Windhorst. She's and trying she, to get. She, a, she say publicly what surgery, but it's just something she wants to take care of. She said on the show. So I'm not divulging confidences here. Um, she'd be amazing. She, I, I, a quick Jackie Mack story, very quick. Just I was in, a, I was flying up from from New Hampshire. I, went, I spoke at a camp, and my son was at the camp for three weeks. I spoke for like four or five days just so I could see him. And uh, flying flying home, uh, I was leaving the lunchroom, the restaurant in the in the tall small hotel there, and she walked in with her sister. They were flying down to see her dad. At that point, he might have been like turning 85 or something. And we spent a few hours catching our plane was delayed. It was the great, I knew her, but I didn't know her as well as I did after that. She's 
one of the most amazing people ever. So if she's there, that'd be great for everyone. Mo, do you have any Jackie Mac stories? I, I don't. No. Except I'm just a, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you one because she last year at All Star break, I've never met her, and I'm walking by the uh, hotel or, or whatever. Um, it's Saturday night All Star game, and and she's walking to Staples Center, so I immediately just stop her and go like, Ah, Jackie Mac, right. <laughs> and then she you know, introduce myself real quickly, and then I'm sure she walked away going like, Okay, that's just another L.A. psycho. And no, and, she's who's <laughs> this guy that looks like Paul Reiser? <laughs> actually, right. We could actually uh, we can complete the circle here because I believe Coach, me, and Jackie. Did a podcast with Brett Brown, who worked with Mo. There we go. There you go. <laughs> she, remember that, Coach? She's amazing. Yeah, I think that's right. I remember doing with Brett. Uh, hey, Jade, real quick, if because you were you were the guy that put together our pods and TV. There was Troop before there was Troop TV, but obviously Troop TV initially was Henry and you, and I did a lot of shows. If if to, how would you sum up for anyone that doesn't remember the old Troop days? What what, what was those feelings like when you? Got, got us together, whether it was just me and Henry or whoever was in that true universe, which was a big universe. Oh, I mean, I mean, I still think to this day, even now, it's groundbreaking digital content. Like we were doing things that are, are kind of regular now, right? And so, yeah. um, but for me, it was just, it was, uh, you know, something I had done on my own. And then I kind of I was doing it originally with like the Ethans and the Beckleys, and uh, and then Henry was like, you know, called me up one day. It's like let's let's uh, make this more official. And then I remember like, the second year, my boss is like, let's do this five days a week. And that was like kind of like when we like it was mostly you, you and Henry. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I remember that year we had a ton of players, but uh, no, True Hoop TV was. Uh, I mean, I don't get enough credit, quite honestly. <laughs> I mean, we did it. We, we I mean, shot in Vegas, just, too. I, all the, all the stuff me. that we were doing, like yeah, the big number, uh, Amin's Hate Hard, True right. TV. Hate hard. I mean, That's when right. the pot, and then you had the podcast. It was like, and, and by the way, most of the stuff was just like purely organic, you know? And yeah. the best thing about True Hoop was the fact that it kind of brought everyone together. You know what I mean? It was a really cool nexus point. For you know, and especially at the end when when Brian was part of it, and right. and Pablo and Kevin, I mean, we were we were peaking when uh, you know someone came in and you know killed the party. Yes, but <laughs> I I remember uh, that That's what, a what, bomb. You said, what you said is the best, and I think this is a lot to do with your group and Count the Dings. Uh, I, we were really cool as a group. I don't mean cool in the sense of like the Fonz. By the way, they're like turning like 70-something. Henry yeah. Winkler? Mm-hmm. So, cool. Do you, you know he went to college, by the way? No. no. Like, I, think he went to like, I think he went to Yale. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's a super smart guy. Really brilliant guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, he, but I, I mean, again, I was in elementary school. You weren't alive yet. I was in elementary school. Like, I had the Happy Days hey, T-shirt. Like, I watched Happy Days as a kid. Yeah, well, but that was reruns, Bo. Really? Yeah. Cunningham, you know that was, but that was reruns. Sure, yes, I wasn't watching it live. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wasn't have Flintstones, you know. Okay, we could go maybe, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but we were cool with each other. Everyone was cool with each other, and uh, that's not easy to do. You guys do that with your group. That there's a like when I walked into Brooklyn, I didn't know some some of those guys. They were very cool to me, very loving and and friendly to me. That isn't just trust me when I tell you that. A lot of it's fake. A lot of places I don't ever feel that with your group and with our group. 
I, we really had a genuine affinity for each other and caring about each other and yeah. it was super easy to cooperate and corroborate. Yeah. Well, I, first of all, I mean, not, not to, you know, we're not going to blow too much smoke up people's butt here, but I mean, you're, you're part of the group coach. It's the way it is. You know what, you know what pop says, uh, and uh, Mo knows this well. So pop has that famous line about they like players that are over themselves it's it's when you're with the kind of talent we had, you you almost have to be over yourself because you're not any more uh, uh, ex, you're not more of an expert at your field, more knowledgeable at your field, more connected to your field than the other people in the room. And it's a way. It's almost like I bet when all the A-list actors get together, man, they can just do their craft. Right. When none of us can get caught up in what we've accomplished in our careers. You got to be sharp because you got to keep up with the other person who knows what's going on too. And that that dynamic was really special, and we're certainly going to try to to, to do that. And yeah. hey, uh, listen, I mean, I felt a, a tremendous void too uh, when Henry left. Right? I mean, don't doesn't everybody agree with that? As a consumer, you know, like because yeah. I wasn't I wasn't with you guys for this stuff, but as a as a guy, it. I mean, I was watching it. I was living in South Korea watching yeah. the, the first True Hoop TV stuff. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, I was walking around listening to the podcasts. Uh, reading all the true hoop stuff, right? Like, I mean, you know, it, it was literally basketball content made for me. Yeah. So, right. yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what what is going to happen with it. Yeah, we got some I, good things cooking. You'll, you'll like it. And, yeah, yeah. And you're, you know, Henry being way smarter than me is going to write some really cool stuff, doing things that I can't do. Or, uh, I like reading about what he's doing, but I, I can't do what he's done. Uh, you'll see. It'll be good. All right. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, yeah. Before I forget, can can we all talk about Mike, Michael Jordan's hosting, right? Charlotte's hosting, right? And it's you guys birthday. see the ESPN article today about uh, him and LeBron and what they've said about each other over the years? Uh, I know, but I, I'm I familiar with yeah, they said thought. stuff about each other. It's on the front page. Oh, okay. Now. He's just a jackass. Jordan? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, oh. I know all too well what a jackass he is. Sure. I, I, I mean, I teach a lot of stuff based on what I – witness him do because when he was at his best i was first started coaching but yeah when you read about i mean come on man you, you can give lebron some shine back in the day he just wouldn't do it he just I, everyone's out to get him i did love his answer when when he was asked about um you know whether the triple doubles or whatever was harder and he said six getting six rings was the hardest i, I didn't like, know that but of course he said that yeah right. but it, he's just another one of these and i hate to lump them in with all these other old guys who, who they watch the game now and you can tell they just don't really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, um, it's not their cup of tea. I mean, we saw everybody thinks back in their day was better. Right. Right. And we saw this from Jordan in his hall of fame speech, right? Like like, I remember watching that and just kind of being like, what? Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, George Gervin. Now they say it was a so-called freeze out in, in, in my rookie season. I wouldn't have never guessed but you guys gave me the motivation to say, you know what? Evidently, I haven't proved enough to these guys. I got to prove to them that I deserve what I've gotten on this level. And no matter what people may have said, if it was a rumor, I never took it as, as, as truth. But you guys never froze me out because I was just happy to be there, no matter how you look at it. You know, and from that point forward, you know, I wanted to prove to you, Magic, Larry, George, everybody, that I deserve to be on this level as, as much as anybody else. And I hopefully over the period of my career, I've done that without a doubt. You know, even in the Detroit years, we've done that. 
I'm not a grudge holder, so I can't <laughs> you know, relate to that. Like, I, I mean, I just let stuff slide. It's part well, of why no, I, but, I have no beefs. But he was he was in he was creating fiction. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. was saying those things. When I say nobody, maybe one idiot. The rest right, of us Thomas? weren't saying anything like that. Yeah. I mean, no, his thing, thing was right? like it was about Isaiah Thomas and the and the old guard freezing him out and all this yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, but he already kept he kept Isaiah off the dream team. Like, didn't you do enough? Yeah. You didn't have to drag him into All Star. I don't know. I can't slander Jordan. That's that's my goat. I, I like. Oh, I, I, I have almost, no problem doing it. I almost want to equate it to a like heavyweight boxer kind of mentality, right? Like all those guys just think constantly that they're, they're the best ever. It didn't matter that they just lost the match or whatever. They still think they're the greatest and, you know, kind of starts with Ali a little bit um, in that regard. And I think you almost have to have that crazy mentality. I think if you're going to be the best ever to be the best ever. All right. We can all relate to that. I mean, like I'm a shooter, right? So I I can't remember a single shot I've ever missed and I've probably missed, you know, twice as many as I've made in my life. Right. Like it's just the nature of the thing. So, so you really mean you're just a shooter, not a maker. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <It's missed laughs> third. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> shots fire. I'm a shot maker. Big, I only make big shots. Um, but, but I can, so I can understand that mindset, but there's a certain point where it becomes toxic. And, and clearly like we approach that territory with some of these guys, um, when they can't give uh, respect to other people in their profession, people that are following them, hell, even people that he played with, right? Like, yeah. it's just, it is a little weird at this point. I mean, he's turning 55 years old this weekend. Yeah, he's a year older than me. Yeah, I'm turning yeah. 54 Saturday. He was oh. born, I think, on the 16th or the 18th? 17th. 17th. Yeah, yes. I was bar mitzvah on the 18th. Born in the 16th, he was in between. That's right. That's what people think in those terms. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah, I knew he was right there within a couple of days of both. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, you think at a certain point, you just let it go. I, I don't know. I, I'm not the goat. So who am I to say? Okay. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference. I want to start at the top. Uh, we're a week removed from the trade deadline. We, for you guys that were with us on Twitch or listened to the podcast, uh, appreciate all the feedback. It was a lot of fun to do. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys all enjoyed listening. I only heard the positive ones. I didn't hear the negative ones. So um, that's right. (laughs) That's right. I'm a shooter on this podcast. So, uh, we're a week removed Philly, Toronto, and Milwaukee all got better. Boston, you know, we know what's going on with them. They're hoping Hayward is their their trade deadline addition, which by the way, had his best game in the season. The other night looked very comfortable. Six to seven from three, 26 points in that game against Philly. I want to talk about Philly because they, they kind of made wholesale changes. I mean, adding another guy who's like, you know, a, a third star, but now they have four. Um, there are some real lineup chemistry concerns that I have. Number one, I think Embiid's shooting too many threes and Mo, I want to start with you. Because I know that you're on top of this because I've been watching it. So, you know, you're plugged yeah. into my brain here. What can like they need to figure out how Simmons, Embiid, Harris, and Butler can all coexist on the court without Embiid shooting threes. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, part of it is, you know, I, I had done actually a video thread of the of that Boston Philly game the other night. And I I there's one clip in particular where, you know, there's a pick and roll with Embiid and Butler and Butler's getting double teamed and Embiid's popping out to three and he's just waiting at the three point line. And you have Butler driving baseline. And it's just, I was just screaming, like, just roll, just, just 
fucking roll. It is right there for you. And he doesn't. And he's standing out there searching for a three. And it's not like he's a great three point shooter. He was two for eight in that game. He shoots, you know, 29.5%. So 30%. Like, it's not at the point where like, you should be shooting eight of these a night. You know, I think they need to kind of start incorporating a little bit more roles into it. And at that point, it wasn't like the paint was that clogged in that situation, which tends to happen a little bit with Simmons and him on the court. Cause Simmons is in the dunker spot and, and whatnot. But I just think they got to find just more ways and more opportunities for that. And it really can help when you start staggering everybody's minutes in that time. Um, but I still think, you know, with those five guys, you know, when you add Redick in there, I still think they have the five best starters in the uh, Eastern conference. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's just a question of, you know, is, I don't know, they have like 25 or maybe 30 games. Is that enough time to really figure out how we're going to do this? Um, you're already, you're already incorporating Butler without a training camp. And now you're incorporating not just Harris, but you know, you have, uh, Simmons, you have Mike Scott, Bobon, like you have a bunch of pieces now that are guys that are going to play in your minutes, your rotation that you got to incorporate these guys in. And, and I, that's my biggest concern with them. Yeah, I mean, Embiid is a, an automatic bucket inside seven feet. And unfortunately, to have Simmons on the court, if Simmons not going to have the ball in his hands, he's going to be in the dunker spot. I actually think that they need to be using him more as a screen and roll guy, especially with with Butler. That, that's worked really, really well when the, in the little bit of time that they've used it. They like to run this this pick and roll out of the low post which I think is is unique. I mean, they're one of a few teams that do it. The Warriors do something similar with Draymond and, and Boogie now. Um, Coach, I mean, if Simmons isn't going to shoot jumpers, can you close games with him? Sure. Did you did you see the uh, shot chart I posted the other day? I did yes. a couple of different shot charts and asked. No one got either right. I only posted two. One of them was my favorite one, which is heavy uh, in the key and then just a couple pretty heavy spots at the top. I thought people would realize it's got to be a big because you're not going to have bigs in the corner necessarily, not as often anyway. And it was Andre Drummond. The fact that he's shooting some threes, not making them, but that's a good sign. Sure. My right. second favorite one is Simmons and and, and everyone guessed at, at center. It was a center mm-hmm. shot chart because yeah. it's all heavy around the rim. Uh, I think he took one the other day, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he took a, took a three. Yeah. And it, it looked okay. I mean, listen. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't look great. It's No, but I, I posted the video because I, I've done a lot of uh, of, yeah. you know, shot peeping with, with Simmons, actually one of the first things I wrote for real GM, I, I dug in on it. I was like, you know, here are the issues with this shot. I mean, number one is that he probably should be shooting with his right hand. All right. He's got the mechanics of a right-handed shooter. Right. Uh, he shoots over his right eye, but all that aside, he gets weird rotation on the ball and typically shoots on the way down. So on this shot that he took this three that he took the other day, he actually shot it on the way up. That, that's a win. That's a victory. That means they actually are, are working on this stuff and it's getting better. But he's got to shoot him when he's open. I mean, Embiid made a great point about it. He was like, I'm a 30% three-point shooter, but they still come out and guard me because I will take them. And that's where he gets that pump and go. I mean, he kind of fell in love with that. But Well, but, but, okay, but, so you, but you just opened yeah. up a couple of things there that Mo can talk a lot about uh, as well. Uh, he, he, teams are stupid for that. Right. <laughs> right. So that's the first thing. Right. And in the postseason, they won't be as stupid. That yeah. doesn't mean it'll never happen. I was watching 2013 tape uh, where Dwayne Wade was still able to get people up in the air from the, by the three point line. <laughs> but he's Dwayne Wade. Embiid is, you know, not quite as quick as right. Wade can do. <laughs> um, teams are going to be 
taught and drilled in the postseason, just sit your ass down and don't move. Let him take that shot. And if he can make it, great. But the odds are not with him right now. Uh, with Simmons, I mean, you talked about the low post pick and roll stuff. Uh, I love him as a receiver in the pinch post and handoff action, fake handoff action. Uh, it is hard to guard with him. He's, it's also hard to guard with him when he has the ball. And some of those, uh, you look, you think he's going to weave it and he just turns the corner and scores. I, I posted, I might've posted that yesterday actually. Um, but, I, but here's what I think about the Sixers overall. And I'm happy for you guys to disagree with me. I, I remember a play game seven Celtics Cavaliers the year Boston won the championship. This was the Eastern conference finals though. Jump ball late in the game. I want to say Boston was up two or three. Uh, uh, Boston was up two or three. Okay. Just seconds to go. Jump ball. And Pierce was standing next to LeBron. They were not jumping. Someone else was jumping. I'm sure this is on YouTube. Sure. And LeBron went to the, the ball came near LeBron and Pierce. And LeBron went to go after it. And Pierce was willing to give up his life to go after it. The, the difference in urgency was enormous. Pierce had to have the ball. LeBron would have liked to have the ball. Right. And, and Pierce got the ball and they fouled him. And the Celtics won that series and then won the championship. And so that's what I always think about in more modern times of, of that sense of urgency. And, and I don't think Philly plays with it enough. And I think that their top competitors in Toronto for sure will with what they've gone through. Uh, Boston, I don't trust it yet. Milwaukee is so new to this, even though some of those players have been around. Uh, it's I, I just think I've always said you got to lose first. I thought right. that was a big deal with Dallas when they beat Miami that one year or whatever. They had lost in 06 and they were devastated. Uh, I just don't think Philly – I still think it's too easy for Philly. And until they get that urgency, I, I, I think Toronto – I think Milwaukee is the most talented team overall. Uh, uh, and I think Toronto has the biggest advantage because – they're going to play hungrier. I think Jimmy Butler is is the guy that that can make them hungry, right? Like maybe that that dude, he's going to guard the other team's best player. I mean, in a Boston series, he's guarding Kyrie. Right. That's it. And he actually did a really good job against Kyrie earlier this year. Um, but Kyrie's going to get his. Like you have to understand that going in. I think Jimmy gets it. But from from uh, raising the intensity standpoint, they picked up Jonathan Simmons and Mike Scott. That's two guys that you don't have to ask to play hard, right? Like and that's the play hard isn't enough. But, well, but, but you know, I, mean, I know you're high, point. high effort. Yeah, yeah. I also I want to push back a little bit just because, yeah. like, when I watch, you know, like I see Embiid diving all over the place, yep. going Embiid's after different kind of similar to, kind of similar to the way the way you describe the Paul Pierce LeBron yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, just had flashes to last night's game against the Knicks, where, like, listen, I'm afraid Embiid's going to get hurt every time right. he jumps in the air, and he's diving out of bounds. He jumped you know, over Regina over, King. Yeah, jumps and, over and the JJ person. will play that way. Right. Yeah. And JJ is going to dive that, you know, for that. that way. I think you're going to have, I think you'll have that. I think it's also, like you said, these two young kids still haven't really don't really have the battle scars. You know, they got, maybe they got nicked up last year against Boston and, and, and maybe that's one battle scar and stuff, but they're still learning. I mean, they're still relatively young and, and, it, no doubt. and for them to even get into the second round last year, everybody was talking about how that was a failure. I was like, yo, we were talking about in the beginning of the season that they might not even make the playoffs. So the fact they got to the second round was something. I think they're getting there in that stuff. And I think that's something, like you said, Coach, you got to lose for a while first before you you kind of get it. Them and Milwaukee are kind of in that same boat. Right. Well, I so mean, not they have not to, to learn, though. 
They have to right. look, so just, I'll be real quick on this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they will. Jay, I promise you, JJ is saying, guy, this is, we, we only have this year. The mistake, what you said right now, Mo, is exactly right. The mistake young players make is that we'll do it next year. And, and JJ is going to say, there is no next year. And Butler's going to say, guys, are you kidding me? Like this is by, I've been in the league a while. This is by far the best chance we have to even have to, to play Golden State before we lose. Uh, the every day is today is the only day. And I'm telling you that uh, it's not just urgency of play, which is what you're saying about Embiid. Yep. It's urgency to attention to detail in the scouting report, for example. Yep. If Embiid and Simmons are casual, they're fucked. They're screwed. Yep. They're done. If, they, if those other guys can get Tobias and Simmons and Embiid to say there is no tomorrow, it's only today every day. Well, that's a different story, but I just, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm not saying it can't happen. I right. Every single it, one of those guys, for every huh? single one of those guys, I would point out the 2012 Thunder who we thought were going to be going to the title every single year. We were like, oh, they're going to be back. And then next thing you know, you know, Harden's not there anymore. And right. then KD's gone a couple of That's what JJ's later. saying. Right. Yeah. Ding, ding. Okay. So you, you talked about Toronto and, and Milwaukee, two teams I think are in a better position than anybody in the East right now because they've got continuity and the guys that they added fit in like a glove. Marcus Saul is, oh, is yeah. a much better yeah. version of Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. His passing is already incredible. And he's got guys like Danny green, Pascal Siakam, Ojean Anobi, who are going to benefit cutting off of him operating better, at the right? elbow. Yeah. They're already doing it. Like game one, he's out there throwing dimes. Um, so they got better and then adding Nikola Miritich to Milwaukee is, I mean, just a massive upgrade for them. Yep. Uh, that's more shooting. And by the way, Miritich's defense is underrated. Like people don't realize that like him guarding force, he actually does a pretty good job. He's a large part of the reason that, that new Orleans made that run to the playoffs and then why they swept Portland. So, uh, Mo, you told me before the show, you're not as high on Milwaukee as everyone else. Now they're the best team in the league. Okay. They got a new coach. So to me, they still have room to grow as, as far as like, you know, increasing what they're able to do. And they're having like a historic season as far as their differential and all these things. So why am I wrong about Milwaukee being a, a real contender for the title? I mean, it's not a question of whether they're a contender. Like when I look at all four Eastern conference teams, I could see reasons why all four can make it and reasons why they won't. You know, the, the thing I look at with Milwaukee, that kind of, really surprises me. Like they're a great regular season team. It is going to be very different when a team can scheme defensively. As coach was saying in the playoffs, teams aren't going to be dumb yeah. and you could change your game plan completely defensively. You know, we've, we've done it when I was with San Antonio and we were playing Dallas, you know, we, we had a whole plan of how we're going to stop Dirk, you know, and we we're just saying, we're going to take Dirk away and then we're going to see if everybody else can do it. And I kind of look at Milwaukee going like, Hey, you know, I could see a team going like, we're going to let Giannis we're going to defend Giannis one-on-one -on -one, and we're just not helping off the shooters. And you have guys like Eric Bledsoe who's playing better, but he's not a great three-point shooter. You can send a little help from there. You know, you have opportunities where you can add another guy to help on Giannis. I really just think in a situation where they're schemed against, I can find them struggling a lot harder. And again, going back to just lack of experience, this is a team that's most of these guys have never been out of the first round of the playoffs. You know, um, Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, Bledsoe hasn't had a lot of playoff uh, success. Um, Brooke Lopez doesn't, hasn't had a lot of playoff Giannis, success. You, you know, Jonas, I mean, it's, I mean, Jonas might be the most accomplished out of all those guys. I can't remember off the top of my head where some of these guys have 
how far some of these guys have gone in the playoffs, but it's just like, that's a whole thing of like, I, I can just see it happening where, you know, somebody shits the bed, you know, right. and the disparity between their top player to their second best player, whether you think it's Middleton or Bledsoe, well, it's it, 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 it's, it's massive, you know, and Meritage is a great pickup. It's a great right. pickup. Fits right. Perfect for them. But at the same time, if, if I'm not helping off Meritage, I don't know what's, what's going to happen, you know, and with Giannis, you don't have to worry about him shooting the three ball or anything. It's not like, you know, he's going to have to score 40 or 50 a night in that, in that kind of setting. Now, listen, it's not easy to do. It's obviously, sure. you know, it's, it's why I get to comment on it. I'm not actually there doing it. Um, so would you, you would go no help and just make Giannis beat you like yeah. almost zone I mean, up on Giannis. Like, they, like, so Utah guarded Giannis with Rudy Gobert which I thought was an interesting way to start. And it worked really well in the first half. But then the second half, Giannis just figured it out. They kind of had to go away from it. I actually think it would have been better off with like favors because favors a little bit more mobile. Um, but is that, is that what you're advocating? I mean, you, you, you can look at when you think about the teams that they're going to play in the second round, most likely, right. If they're playing Philly, I mean, they could throw a bunch of different guys at him at different times and kind of keep him off balance, you know, um, you know, from from Embiid to to Simmons well, to the Simmons Butler matchup to, to, is- to Harris. I mean, you could throw a bunch of guys to just kind of keep it keep it going. Um, yeah. You know, with with Toronto, I mean, they got a bunch of guys as well, and in, in in Kawhi Siakam, um, you, you can throw Gasol in there. He's a smart enough defender to know how to kind of play that and 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 play him at the rim. You know, there's going to be a lot of different teams. Boston has a bunch of guys, and Horford, anywhere from right. Morris to Horford, Smart, all those guys. You know, Jalen Brown, all those guys I'm willing to kind of just say like hey this quarter you got him you know next quarter you got him or if you get into foul trouble you could throw in another guy so it's I could see it being a problem for them in the second round I said they just look like a really great regular season team and I'm not trying to discount them and I might have egg on my face at the end of all this but like I could see them be having real problems once teams can scheme against them in the playoffs we've we've talked about this uh that exact thing that his inability to shoot the three is a is a force multiplier in the postseason when teams can scheme that up. Uh, th- there is an argument to say over a seven game series, uh, let's make him average forty a game, and by game five he'll be dead, dead. Right. Let's go at him on an offense, attack him. Uh, I don't, you know, Dave, you made a point about how they how they guard him the first half, and then it didn't work out so good. Well, well, that's expect that, right? Exactly. So, so yeah. change up your plan every half. Uh, don't you know? Don't send people. Uh, of anyone that's a, a, a plus three point shooter, make Giannis score 40 a game and rebound like crazy and play defense. Make sure you, you can't lose all four of those games, but he's not going to do it that efficiently if, if, if uh, unless he's hitting shots, which I'll get to that in a minute, but that is a way to do it. Uh, but I, I tweeted this this past week. You know, how many, many threes he made in October? Of course it was only, you know, two and a half, three weeks. Made like one. one, right? Three made in November. It was like three or something. Five, Not many. five. Yeah. In December. <laughs> it's going up every month. In Ten? December six. Yeah. <laughs> okay. January eleven. Right. Of course, that's two games for you know, most good shooters. <laughs> sure. This this month he had four of the first few games, and then he got hurt a little bit. He still had four, but I think he's at four. Um, I'll look right now. Oh no, he, no, he's up. He's at six now. Now he had okay. two against the Bulls. That's right. Right. I didn't look at the Bulls game, so he's at six. He's he's trending up. Uh, boy, that's just imperative. However, to, to acknowledge what Mo said, uh, to do that in 
February against the Bulls on the road, not quite the same as against Philadelphia or Boston, whoever they play in, you know, the right. four or five, whatever, because uh, they're going to probably win the East. Yeah. Um, very different. But Giannis needs to build as much confidence as he can doing that. I, I do think he's is someone who's kind of had to break down how to guard him for players. There are some flaws in what he does that, that can be exposed to some degree. He's amazing. But that's, again, that's why I, f- I favor Toronto in the playoffs. And I think what you were saying, too, both you guys, about the other players, uh, that's where Gasol is so big. And, and we said this last week, Dave, if the spirit of being on the Raptors compared to where he's been in Memphis for a while bo- buoys him some, right? Where, where we get the best player defensively in the league that we did in November, where he can bottle things up in the middle, not foul, uh, make it hard to score in there, and then you can run stuff through him when Kawhi can't get his, right. and, and you're going to get great shots. And he, he can get some shots of his own now, too, and make them pretty good. Uh, he started doing that a couple years ago. I, I think that's my favorite trade of all was the Porzingis trade. But my, right. my next favorite for the playoff teams was, was this one. So I think would it would be a big difference for him. Uh, we'll start with Mo on this because this was the next point I wanted to make. Would would you uh, how long would you bring Gasol off the bench, and do you expect him starting before the playoffs? I I, I expect him to start. Um, for me, the sooner the better, just because you have such a small amount of time to really develop a, a chemistry and a flow and a rhythm, and everybody get used to each other. And I think it's hard for for players to. You know, there's talk of like matchups. They're going to do it based on matchups. Well, it's hard to kind of create that flow and stuff like that. From my experience, players like knowing when they're going in games, when they're they coming out. And it's it's and, and and you know it's it's nice to be able to do hey let's do it by matchups and stuff but just some guys aren't aren't comfortable with that and and so you got to do it with what's most comfortable for the guys and going to give you the best results so for me when I look at it that way I feel like he should be starting sooner than later I think like you want to get in that flow I don't like the let's do it by matchup thing right now like look at everybody comfortable because for me I think he's the guy that really kind of can marry the two styles. Cause that was my concern with Toronto was they had two styles of offenses, you know, one, when Kawhi was in the game, which really felt like it was just all Kawhi. And you know, the other one, when Kawhi was out was really just great ball movement and stuff. Right. And both really good. <laughs> but you know, now, you know, I feel like it's kind of the key to kind of marry those two with his passing ability and things like that. And there could be some fun two man game between him and him and Kawhi, you know, uh, you know, Kawhi kind of throwing it to him and, and, and working off of him and a handoff situation or whatnot. So I really think that was an important trade and, you know, I'm, I'm with coach on it being really, really a big, uh, big shot in the arm for them in the playoffs. I will say this idea that, that Abaca and Gasol can play together. Um, they're like, I don't know, four teams that they could maybe play that combination against. They're not going to see that in the playoffs. I think, you know, Abaca is clearly a five uh, d- trying to stick him back at the four. I mean, maybe like a, a minute or two here and there, like against Horford and Baines potentially, or Marcus Morris and Baines potentially. But I, th- I think Morris would probably abuse Ibaka in that in that situation, um, and I'm just guessing. I don't have those numbers right in front of me, yeah. but um, yeah. So the team that we're not talking about, okay, the Celtics didn't make any moves, keeping the powder dry for a run at Anthony Davis this summer. Um, I I haven't been in a, a big believer in Boston. Um, they're they're they've proved me wrong since I I said basic Brad. <laughs> and since they put Marcus Smart in the starting lineup, they've had the third best offense, sixth best defense, 
When was that? What was, what was the date of that? November 26th yeah, was Marcus November, Smart. So I okay, yeah. that's what I saw. Okay. So they, uh, they, but they're still, they're very good. Okay. But I just don't know that they've got the peak to beat Toronto, Philly, or Milwaukee, because I, I still think in the playoffs, having great players is important. And to my eye, they have two. They have Kyrie Irving and they have Horford. Now, Horford's slipping a little bit this season. We see it. I'm assuming that he's going to be fine for the playoffs. He guarded. He somehow can guard Embiid better than anybody else in the league. I don't know how he does it. Um, Coach, why am I overlooking Boston? Is that just my own bias? Yeah, my- but no, I don't think it's bias. Okay. I think I think that uh, well, a lot of people are. Uh, me and Cl- I don't think overlooking them. I, I I don't like their chance as much as others. I think the uh, the the we we have our you know fingers to the wind so to speak right we we see Marcus Morris speaking out the way he has and some of the stupid things Kyrie has said publicly and they didn't do anything in the trade deadline and they they're capable of being bad like to being a bad team um, but we saw last year them put to come together with less talent I happen to think Brad is a great coach. And I think they can put it together. And and I think they've got a little more versatility to what they can do on both ends compared to um, like, like Phil, for example, maybe Philadelphia uh, or Milwaukee, who kind of have to play more one way. Um, I, I think they have a chance. I'm upset that Oladipo's hurt because I would have loved that four or five matchup. Whoever was there would have been a fantastic first round now as it is. At least we have four legit teams. It, I, I wouldn't bet two dimes that Boston couldn't couldn't win the East. Um, they, they, you know, people people have to get understand that there really are two different seasons, and you just have to gel at some point before it gets to three one or four zero. <laughs> right. If, even at two zero, you lightning can still strike. Uh, just at three one is too late. Typically, I mean, overwhelmingly so. And for obviously the series is over, they, they still can. They don't have to come together for a season. A month or two will get them where they need to be. So yeah. I think they're they're they have a chance still. If you're playing the nerd she wrote drinking game, go ahead and drink because I'm about to bring up the Brooklyn Nets. That's the team that nobody should want to play in the first round. Hold on, Especially before we go, Boston. Before oh, you we got a Boston take. Before we go to the Nets though, because I hated your your basic Brad stuff. In the beginning, uh, of the year, it's you're, basic you're, offense. It, there's no, nothing, but, but nothing the special is, about the, it. The, the thing about Brad Stevens, though, is that if if you look at it over the years, like he really kind of comes out slow. Like they never really do anything. Oh impressive. yeah, every year until he kind of he's. I really feel like he tinkers a lot, lineups and things like that, until he kind of figures it out. Till this time of year, sure. I mean, they've won twelve of their last fifteen. They've the the thing about that really kind of sets. Boston apart to me than it to from the other teams is that they have the best closer in Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a beast in those clutch situations. Their clutch offense is the best in the league. It's like 132 points per hundred possessions. Yeah. And he lives for that moment. You could just, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you could just see his eyes light up. He's like a lion, you know, looking at his mouth, just ready to go. Um, you know, I think they have, they have good stuff and, and everybody. And, and the thing that coach Thorpe said that was most important is it, it is two seasons when it comes to regular season and the playoffs, you know, in the regular season, you can't really change your game plan from night in to night out. You know, it's, it's too hard. It's too many games, not enough time, not, not enough practice. practice. Exactly. Yeah. And when you do it in the playoffs, 
Now it's different. The playoffs is almost more like the NFL in that sense. Cause now you sit down, listen, I've done all the playoff prep. I've slept in the office pretty much March all the way to April, just getting ready and pulling together every possible clip I can possibly find of whatever teams we might play. And it's, you really dive into their game plans and stuff like that. And that's where I think, you know, Brad Stevens is pretty good. Like they've done a good job in the playoffs in the past, you know, they've that good matchup against, Philly and I'm with coach man. If Indy was healthy, dude, that would have been, I, I was like, it been. they're going to screw it up for somebody. They were going to upset. Somebody was my feel. Um, and I wasn't a believer in them until, until just before he got hurt. So, um, I, I feel for them there, but I just look at Boston and I think again, close games, end of the game, Kyrie's the guy I want out of everybody in the East. He's the guy I want with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, Indy, I really thought they were going to drop off as soon as Vic went out. And they, they've been hanging in. I mean, they're still a three seed if the playoffs yeah. started today. So um, they're still going to be tough, but not as tough as my Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, they defend. They shoot threes. Um, and I think that gives you a puncher's chance, in particular, if it's a bad matchup. And I think for, for Boston, Brooklyn is kind of a bad matchup. I don't know why. They just are. They play them super tough. I mean, we we just saw a game a, a couple weeks ago, really really tight. And then Brooklyn is getting more and more healthy. I, I still, they're they're look. If they won a first round series, I would still be surprised. All right, yeah. people taking me saying that they could win as as gospel. I don't really expect them to to beat Boston in the first round, but let's have fun with it because they're a good fun young oh, team. Come on, no. no man, they're fun. No, 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 no. you can't do that. <laughs> they're fun. Get no, him, Jade. No, no. You got you Jade. Pick a side. No hedge no. in here. <laughs> Good. Get him, Jade. You can't do that. You just protected They're yourself. Fun. I am protecting <laughs> myself. Yeah, get out of here. Hey, I gotta go to Boston in a few weeks, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> Let me live. I'm not wise. Uh, Jade. I think they have all Jade. the cover you. Yes. Uh, you should you should uh you should have a shirt made up for Dave in Boston, uh, basic bread. Brought to you by Basic Bread. <laughs> Somebody, somebody, yeah. Soft. Wait, who who coined that? You or was? No, it was it was Haberstrow. Oh, it's Tom. Wow. Yeah, Tom really? said it. Crap. Yeah, and then made me say it so that it could get aggregated. Exactly. Yeah, he basically put you out <laughs> he, to uh, run it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fine. That's a uh, solid move. I, I, yeah, I've been eating my crow because they've been they have been really good. Uh, I want to talk about the West now. The eighth seed, seventh and eighth seed to me are up for grabs. Uh, Mo, your two former teams, the Spurs and the Clippers right now are seven and eight, one game separating them. Uh, the Kings are one game behind the Clippers for the eighth seed and the Lakers are three games out of the playoffs. Okay. So I'm going to make you guys make a prediction of those four teams, which two are missing the playoffs. Go ahead, Mo. What were the teams again? Kings, Kings, Spurs, Clippers, Clippers and Lakers. Um, Spurs were in there. Yep. I'm going to go the, uh, the, the both L.A. teams are going to miss the playoffs. I, as much as it kills, it kind of kills me to bet against LeBron. It's just I too many bad losses. He looked very indifferent. Um, Losing to Atlanta. That, yeah. I mean, I mean, and his comments kind of after the game of like, if we make the playoffs or not, like almost were like whatever. And that that really kind of scared me because it feels like he's really under instead of kind of going to the mentality of like, we're not missing the playoffs. It's 
you know, he he kind of is is willing to accept the fact that he might not. Again, it's, it goes back to Coach Thorpe. You know, he kind of wanted the ball, but Paul Pierce wanted it more, kind of thing. Yeah. And 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 that kind of worries me a bit with them. Uh, the Clippers. You know, I liked what they did at the trade deadline, but I still feel like they're just they're a piece short. Um, and the Kings, maybe part of this is my heart as well, but it's just been fun to watch these guys like this. Of all these three teams, I feel like they've earned a playoff berth, a chance at it, you know, with how hard these kids are playing on a nightly basis and whatnot. I I, I really just I want to give it to the Kings. So and I think this I'm not going against the family. OK, I'm not going against <laughs> the family. You, you're going to get me in too much trouble. I, so, I want see, Dave. I, that's what I'm talking about. He's yeah, the yeah, Kings yeah. To win the title. You know what I'm saying? Whoa! <laughs> Is that what you said, Mo? The LA Kings or the uh, Sacramento Kings? What are we talking about, Jake? <laughs> no, I, I'm rooting for the Kings to make the eighth seed uh, because I want Warriors Kings in the first round. And they're going to get waxed. I mean, they're going to get destroyed. But I think it would be fun. It would be fun to watch those kids out there like running, like the way they would like to run. Um, Coach, um, are you are you on the same page as us? LA teams are going to miss the playoffs. Well, last week I said I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, the Lakers, and I got a bunch of people reacting like I'm crazy. I, you know, first of all, let me just say this, man, I'm wrong all the time. It, 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 there's no way you can predict this kind of stuff. There's, right. there's ankle tweaks and illnesses and flu, whatever. But don't act like I'm fucking stupid. You, some people out there love to act like I'm an idiot. And when it comes to basketball, I'm not an idiot. Uh, my record speaks for itself. I don't really ever defend myself to these guys. You just sound like the idiot. You you can say you disagree with me all you want, but don't act like I'm stupid. Uh, I, I, I said last week after the trade line, I thought they'd really have trouble because for the reasons that we're talking about here now. And uh, But I, I the Clippers have to play, I think, Memphis. They're, they're the two games behind Sacramento in terms of um, number of games. Okay, same losses. He, he tied yeah. in losses, top two in wins, I believe. And I think I looked it up. They have like at Memphis, maybe at Denver. So, so they're probably going to win the Memphis game and, and probably not the Denver game. So they're going to be three up. I still, I watched the Kings last night. They he almost beat Denver on the road. It was a great game. <laughs> right. uh, the Jokic tip where he yeah. was benefited by not being able to jump at all because he landed <laughs> faster than Willie Collison. <laughs> Willie Collison really fucked up. This, so this goes to, I forgot to say this before. So that is exactly what I was talking about with Pierce and uh, LeBron. So Kallerstein contests Jokic's shot at the rim and then just kind of lets himself get pushed under the basket and is out of the play and Jokic gets the easy tip. Like Paul Pierce is punching that guy in the throat and hoping the rest will call it. Like you are not pushing him in that situation when you have that level of urgency. And so the Kings, I still, like I think they're fat and happy that they're contending. And I think the Clippers are like, fuck all you motherfuckers. <laughs> we're, we traded Tobias. We're still, and Doc is good at yeah, he's, getting guys fired he's up. He's amazing. Yeah. I think, I think the Clippers are going to go down fighting like crazy. I could see the last game or so of the regular season deciding between those two. But yeah. Yeah, I would have the Lakers below them. So Same. I still think Kings, Clippers, I would, I would bet Clippers first. Again, they'll be up three going in the last couple of months. But yeah, I mean those those probably going to be. I just, I just give the Kings a slight disadvantage because I just don't know how hungry they are. I'm rooting for them. I'm actually really rooting for them. I have nothing against the Clippers, but I love the Kings fans, and uh, I think what you said, Dave, is right. They'll, they'll get beaten four games. I would almost yes. sort of. 
But man, they're fun to watch. Plus, I just love Buddy Hill so much. Yeah, he's great. Love that guy so much. Always he's have. Great. Didn't understand why people didn't love him. I, it, it, to me, it was a can't miss. Very, very good player. Not, a, not an MVP. Very, very good player. The Lakers need to win like 15 or 16 of their last 25 games. Um, I went through the schedule and the other day when it was 26 games and one of them was Atlanta, I was like, oh, so they've got eight gimmies. And then yeah, they went no. and lost a gimme. Yeah, that is they, not a, they are. They are not a good team. I'm sorry. Like they haven't really been a good team all year. They had an easy schedule to start with. And LeBron is LeBron. But this is not the LeBron we're used to. Yes, I know he put up this triple double, but you watch him. He just can't do the stuff that we're used to. And they're not picking him up on defense the way that he's used to. Right. And the Lakers aren't good enough to look at any game as a gimme. I mean, they lost to Cleveland at home. They lost to New York at home. They got swept by Orlando. I mean, they're not no game for them should be a gimme. And some people out here in L.A. were talking about, well, it's right before the all star break. They were thinking about that. I'm like, they're not in a position to be able to think that way. They can't look at it that way. Every game has to be the uh, we have to win this game. It's not a can you know, we can make this up later. And that's something that also goes back to how you play in the beginning of the season really matters. Losing those games early in the year, I, I kind of call it, you know, putting it in the bank or putting it in the vault. Yeah. You need to stack those wins early. So just in case stuff happens, you know, coach alluded to it, illnesses, a uh, ankle tweak or something, you know, uh, uh, a groin strain on Christmas, you know, uh, you know, all these things kind of hurt you, you know, uh, are all, they're all going to happen in the course of a season to somebody on your team. And I think with the, the lows losses early in the year really are coming back to haunt them now. And then the Atlanta one's going to be the one we're all going to point to if they miss the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, to me, uh, the top of the West, I mean, we know the warriors are the warriors. The warriors are probably going to win the title. Can the nuggets or the thunder give them a run? That's what I want to know. Like I, I believe in the thunder more than I believe in the nuggets me just too. because I think their defense yeah. is incredible. And Paul George has just been, I mean, he, he's got a case for the best three and D season of all time with what he's doing. I mean, it's just, it's nuts what he's doing. Um, the nuggets have the offense. I don't know that they've got the defense in particular when the playoffs come around. They're really struggling defensively now. Yeah. Like they're falling off a cliff. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's sort of fool's gold almost a little bit that the, the way they defended early in the year, um, I went through it with the Clippers when we went undefeated in a, in a December, uh, season under coach Del Negro, you know, we were, we were great defensively, everything. And as soon as the calendar turned, it all went to shit. And it was just one of those things we could just never get it back. And there was, and again, we kind of felt it within the organization during that run that we were like, well, this is great and all, and this is awesome for the organization, but we knew we weren't quite there yet. And then once it went bad, it went, I mean, we could never get it back. We ended up going up 2-0 on Memphis, Blake rolls an ankle in practice that's it. We, we basically got swept from there on and lost four two. I mean, I was ready to go for this next round. I was counting my playoff bonus and everything. And then we, you know, fucking Gasol fucked it up for me. <laughs> what do you think of Steve Blake, by the way? Cause he's a Florida boy. I wasn't there when he was around. Um, cause I, oh, I you said Blake, I, you said Blake, yeah. uh, Blake, Blake Griffin. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I yeah, I do you have a good Steve Blake story? Steve Blake. <laughs> my, I mean, my, my history is only that he transferred his senior year to Miami high with my buddy, Frank Martin and Udonis. Uh, they had been, they'd won the state championship the year before Brett Wright, their best player goes to play for the Gators, four year starter for the Gators. 
uh, really talented player. They're an amazing team. They're, they're like their their fifth man was a six ten monster that signed in high major or mid major, uh, and he barely played for his high school team. But um, people see Blake, and he. I mean, I guess he developed a reputation later on. It's kind of a, a tough guy. We always knew he was a beast. He just didn't look like it. Tough, tough. I mean, Miami, I used to always say Chicago, Detroit, D.C., Miami. I always ranked them as tougher kids than New York City kids when I used to coach all the best players in the summertime. Miami took a backseat to nobody. And this was right when those guys were from Miami. They were just monsters, man. Vince Carter will tell you, he's seen every defense imaginable. The only team that could hold him down was uh, when he was a junior against uh, playing that team, Miami High. Uh, so okay, so we're we're all high on OKC I over am. the Nuggets. I, yeah. I think that they're yeah. the team that has the best chance. What I keep hearing from a lot of smart basketball people, they don't think that that Oklahoma City has what it takes in the playoffs. Um, I don't know why. I, I'm I'm wondering if they think that Russ will get baited into kind of beating himself, shooting thirty threes. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's 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 a possibility, right? Like it is. we we still see it in some of these these close games where you kind of just feel you could feel Russ like, oh god, I really want to shoot this, you know, I really got to do, you know, and it's just like, no, no, pass, and you could kind of see, you know, his angels and demons going back and forth and during it, you know, I, I don't know, I might just be hallucinating while I watch games, but you could see it kind of happening um, when he's playing, and 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 you just kind of want to you want to have him you want him to just kind of facilitate the offense and get it to Paul George somewhat, you know, and let, and let Paul George cook in in some way. And if you get an opportunity like he did in the Houston game where Fareed kind of hedges too far and you have that opportunity to split, you want him to take advantage of those, but you really want him to facilitate for, for Paul George at the end of the day. And that's what scares me. I'm depending on him doing that. Listen, man, this is the best he's played to me in his entire career, aside from the shooting. He yeah. has been so much better at everything else. Um, the the rebound hunting is still sort of there, but it's not as egregious as it has been in years past. He's he's actually defending really, really well. Uh, again, compared to previous years where he wasn't really defending at all. Um, and, and the playmaking is there. I just think the, the shooting is the big problem. They're starting to guard him like he's Ben Simmons. Like they're sagging off that much. And so... You know, with Russ, like the hope is that the shooting would come back. I mean, he's still not I think of uh, people with that sort of volume. He's actually the the worst high volume three point shooter in the history of the league. Yeah, ever. Right. Yeah. Um, so you don't you don't want him shooting threes, uh, but he still has to he has to shoot him because he makes them like he goes on these runs and it's crazy. And we, we talked about this a little bit on um, on Buds on Tuesday. His his performance in the clutch that season, he won the MVP. I mean, we, we've never seen anything like it. He had like seven game winners in right, one yeah. season. So yeah, it's a guy, I don't know, man. Like I, I hope he, hope he figures out the shot, especially the free throw, because he, you can't have him avoiding contact at the rim. No, but even, I'm sorry. Go ahead, coach. He's a much weaker player. If that's the case, their defense is what can get them. Their offense has been okay. Their defense has been amazing. And Billy, Billy's got to be top three for player coach of the year. Doesn't he? He's been great. Yeah, He's got to be, I mean, he's got to be in there. Budenholzer. Him, who's who's the other? I think you got to look at Mike Malone. I mean, you still have to give Malone, Dave Yeager, credit Yeager. There's there's a lot of guys. I mean, because some of, of these teams, coaches right now, but Billy's yeah. got to be in that. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's top three. That. The yeah. other guys are good too. Yeager obviously isn't good, and, and so is uh, Mike. Um, I do think Oklahoma City passes up Denver, gets the second spot. 
I don't think they can beat Golden State more than once unless there's an injury. Uh, but I don't think anyone else can either. So there's no slight. There's no slight against Oklahoma City. Yeah. Well, Dave, are you, you saying yet? Yeah, I just had one thing. Like with the with Russ, like when they sag off Russ like that, it really kind of almost. You know, every time you do something like that defensively, it opens something else for the offense. We've seen it with Draymond. We've seen it with, you know, actually Doc's the one that kind of opened my eyes to it when we were talking about team sagging off of uh, DeAndre Jordan. And he's like, no, that's perfect. He goes, like, we want that. Just go set a a uh, dribble handoff. And there's really no help. You know, his guy's got to come up to to help, you know, off of your shooters. So doing that into a dribble right. handoff with Paul George is something that you could see you know, kind of happening and, and, and whatnot, if they're really going to play that and, and sag is that far, like the way they do with Ben Simmons and, and all those other guys, well, even just a ball screen, like go set a screen on the ball. But the problem is that Russ doesn't really set screens ever. Uh, no, that's, I, that's, that's just not his game. But you know, like that's a great point though. I mean, with Giannis, you have him out there with Middleton. If you're going to sag off Giannis and, and just expect him to come in the paint, you can do a little pistol action and have him, screen for Middleton and get Middleton a lot of wide open looks. Um, There's something else too, though. There's something else, guys. I, I kind of call it the Tony Parker syndrome. What, what did Tony do when he was at his most um, agile is he would back up against guys that were already backing up against him. Right. And give him that runway of attack. Right. <laughs> and you're screwed. Is, yeah. I always try to compare. I maybe I've said this on the show even uh, if you're standing still, Imagine this, you're, let's say you're in front of a car, okay? And the car is two feet in front of you, small car, not a big car. Uh, you're not gonna be so afraid of it if it just kind of comes at you a little bit. Obviously you feel like you push back someone, get out of the way or whatever. If that thing backs up and starts cooking, you're flattened. Well, that's what Tony always did. Well, that's what Giannis can do. And so, so going to the point that Mo was saying earlier, that if everyone stays home, really hugs their guys, and now it's one-on-one. Giannis can back up and just go at you. I mean, he's he's better than Tony Parker. Yeah. He's so much bigger. So you're not just going to be able to hide in, in on your guy on the perimeter when they put four stretched out because that one defender has no shot. You've got to give Giannis – you've got to make him think. You've got to have him concerned a little bit. If it's free reign, I think they're in a lot of trouble. Although, like I said, I do think the idea of trying to wear him down is there. I just don't think that's going to be that hard for him. To attack, he likes to go right to left spin. He will go left to right too, a lot, plenty. Uh, I guess he, I guess I could look it up to see which way he goes better at. Um, and that takes some energy. And if you don't keep him, if you don't make him spin, well, then he just blows right by you. And it's hard for you to stay with him because even if you match him step for step, he's just so much longer than you that he finishes up there. Uh, they are going to be a problem to defend because of that as much as anything, I think. Uh, and, um, I just don't know if he can handle that pressure to be that guy when, I mean, you know, I've never been, I've never coached an NBA game. Mo, I would even think if you're in the locker room, just in talking to my players the way I have, uh, man, they, you know, I've coached guys that have won lots of college games and championships, like national championships in college. (laughs) And the intensity of an NBA playoff game, probably because you're a man, is even greater, right? You feel oh, that tension, and Oz is going to feel like never before. I mean, there's a stress level, you know, going into the playoffs. It's it's very, you know, 
I was going through it, you know, obviously with the Spurs and we had, these guys were used to it, but going through it again with the Clippers in my second stint with them and the organization finally making it and, and Chris Paul having that history, you could feel the tenseness and it yeah. being Blake Griffin's first playoff appearance, DeAndre Jordan's first playoff appearance. You can feel kind of the nerves of it. Now we were, we that was the year we beat Memphis in the first, you know seven game yeah. series and yeah. had that a crazy comeback and 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 gosh I think it was game one and Nick Young just hitting three threes unconsciously you know in in fourth quarter to bring us back but like you can feel kind of the intensity there's no description there's no way to describe really the locker room before a playoff game it's just tense and it's and it doesn't matter how much you've been through it or not you've poured through. Every film, everybody, listen, the coaching staff, the video guy, sure as hell I was, is tired as all hell. <laughs> We've watched just about, you know, 40 games of these guys, you know, we're ready and we feel ready, but you're nervous and you feel kind of that energy and you can feel it sort of building up and, and coalescing. And and that's the thing. And for Giannis, knowing that, hey, this is going to fall on me now, he's been through it. You know, he's gone to game sevens and, and whatnot, but he's been through it. But he's never gotten out of the first round and now having to explore and figuring out how he's going to do it. If he gets, you know, we assume they're going to get to the second round. Right. So getting to that next round, it's even the intensity ratchets up more. You know, you're even more stressed. Now it's every turnover counts even more. You know, you, you, you feel it even harder. So it's a it's a stressful time, man. It, it, it hurt. I'm actually feeling stressed now just talking about it a little bit <laughs> for, for all the aggregators out there listening. Uh, NBA analyst Mo DeKeel says that the uh, the Bucks don't have what it takes to win a playoff series. Just throwing that L- out there. Listen, I love it. Let me get aggregated. I've, and I mean, to get aggregated. while he watches basketball. Yes. I don't even know what that means, just so you know. Hallucinating. <laughs> no, I know what that means. I don't know what aggregate means. I don't yeah. know what the means Coach. in this context. <laughs> don't aggregate when, me when on this. When something in a podcast gets picked up by Deadspin, oh my God, and then it goes like wildfire. Uh, you know. <laughs> that'd be that'd be great for me to be honest. If, if they want to aggregate me, That's go right. ahead. <laughs> Aggregation you know, dollars coming your way. And it was always a bad thing. We were like, why is this a bad thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the news uh, desk would get upset about them not getting the news. But hey. well, all right, guys, this is a good place to, to wrap up. Mo, uh, as you know, this is where I like to uh, ask you for a final thought. Could be something you've been paying attention to. This could be something that we should pay attention to the next couple of weeks. Got All Star Weekend coming up, so some time off for us. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm a bit of a nerd, um, as you can tell. Uh, the one thing I've been watching a lot is how coaches use their timeouts in the last two minutes. You know, and it, 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 there there are opportunities I think where they kind of use their last timeout too quickly sometimes. And I'm like, man, you know you. I feel like they need to do a better job with after free throw plays and in, in, in clutch situations to try to save that timeout. Just cause I'm like, man, you might need that timeout to advance the ball with two seconds left. Like we've seen it a lot where like, Oh man, they they're down three, but they have to go. We saw it in the, in the, in the Celtics game, uh, Celtics Philly, you know, they, at that point, I, I felt like they had to use the timeouts when they did, but you see it where it's like, you need to go the full length of the court. Now with a, uh, a second left, you're like, this game's over really. It, it'll take a miracle. I, I, I'm more fascinated by that and, and, and kind of just keep a special eye on that. So that's, that's really what I'm watching for. But this weekend I will be diving into some Netflix sort of thing, taking a break from hoops coach. I just real quick to follow what Mo said, uh, the Kings last night, initially after the Jokic tip, there was 0.3 on the clock and, uh, there was just no energy in the building. 
they when when they countered it, which I thought they would count it. I, I don't really know if they should have or not, but I thought they would. Uh, they put point eight on the clock, and the the announcer Grant Napier, who does a fine job, uh, was really oh, it's, it's such a big difference, and he's totally right. Like okay. Buddy Hill almost canned a three to win the <laughs> right. game uh, uh, with point eight. It's a and again, if you have to go length of the court, you're getting the Leitner shot, and that's just not it's one in a thousand, right, or one hundred fifty, whatever it is. So I do think it's a big deal. All right, so today's Valentine's Day. Uh, I want to wish my lovely wife, who has no clue, she knows I'm doing this. She's never, I'm sure, never listens. She's busy with him as a mom and doing other things that she does. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it, but uh, uh, I wish her, of course, a happy Valentine's Day. It's our 32nd Valentine's Day. Wow. Our first was uh, spring of fall of February of 1988. We started dating late October of that of 87, and it's the first one where both my kids have someone they're doing Valentine's with. Somehow my twins timed it up. They both got boyfriend, girlfriend pretty much the same time. Uh, my son being laid up the way he is. I'm, I told him I'll be his waiter if he needs to be. It's just too hard to go to a restaurant. So uh, I think she's just going to, I think his girl is going to hang, hang out. I'm going to make a fire for them in the front yard. Aww. He's got to sit his foot up. Uh, <laughs> he can't do much. I feel bad for the kid. But um, it, I, my, my, my point is this. For all of you that listen, that have young children, uh, or don't have children. Enjoy your Valentine's as much as you can. And if you got young kids, have the greatest time because it's it's over so fast where you're just uh, you're forgotten pretty quickly by your kids. They're moving on. And it's the way life's supposed to be. We're supposed to raise them till it's time to move on. And this will be Valentine's where uh, our kids aren't going to be thinking about us for one second, and that's the way it should be. So, uh, But I do. Uh, I'm looking forward to hanging out with my wife, and we're going to have a good time. And I've got three different bottles of wine to try to see what she likes best. There for, you go. I know what she normally likes. We're trying some different things, and I'll report next week and how it goes. I saw your schedule: Su- sushi and uh, and wine yeah. tonight. Yeah, bringing in some sushi. <laughs> yeah, some sushi. I, I talked to some guys about some different wines that'll be good. Oh, I, I did. I posted. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a busy. It's a busy uh, time. I guess I'm calls. hosting the Daily Ding tonight, so uh, my wife will get the usual sit on the couch and watch basketball with me while I take notes. And uh, what, what 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 game are you watching? The uh, terrible. Yeah, game. all of them. Tell it's like, oh, I, I think, hey, like listen, OKC's, man. OKC is like probably the, the the one game on TNT. I forget. They who play the Pelicans play. though. Hey, Jade yeah. Hoy is a slave driver. That's all I can say. I mean, he, <laughs> there there are no days off. We aggregate it. Jade Hoy, and yeah. I will not be watching anything this Are weekend. We still not saying that? <laughs> oh boy. Um, what was I going to say? By the way, Dave, we are now. We are now sponsored by uh, uh, Roman. Get Roman dot <laughs> com forward slash B two B if you're looking for some uh, ED pills. You know hey, 20, 2019 is the year that men need to start taking care of themselves. Thirty two years, long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> Need, he needs oh, one of the man. the big wise sample packs. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just looking at the three of us, actually the four of us, because I got we got a shot at Jay too. I feel like Coach Thorpe looks the best, so it's not. Oh, like... hey, hold on, now, that's slanderous. Although <laughs> I, I have had, shot here. I will say I have had a lot of a lot of people that said that since we went started going live to the video, I'll keep these people anonymous. That they've been very excited to be able to see the two Daves. <laughs> just, just going to say that right now. So, you know, if anyone's got an, an yeah, ad I'll, campaign, I'll, that I'll requires name them or it be, didn't happen, buddy. <laughs> on they know who they are. <laughs> no, I'm 54 uh, on Saturday, unless you got a bunch of 65 year old women watching our show. I, I, don't, I don't think they're saying it for the media. Yo, Silver Fox. Silver way, Fox is the term that was thrown out there Dave, about uh, Coach Thorpe. What was the oh. date? 
Dave, what was the date you met your wife? Because like, I know you know it. I know mine, yeah. I, I know, know mine, too. You said late October. What was the date? No, no. I, I met my wife July 6th, 87. We started dating last week. October 22nd or 3rd oh, was our first real date, yeah. Almost on my birthday, man. 24. Oh, really? Yeah. Jade, you a Libra, too? I'm a, we're on the cusp. Wait, what I'm, year were you born, Jade? Well... You can say it. it's not a conspiracy. Jack, twenty-eight years from whatever year it is today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> for Coach Thorpe, for Mo Dakeel, for the super producer Jade Hoy. I'm Dave DeFore, and we will catch you uh, maybe next week. Not sure. Do we get All Star Week off? Okay, we'll be <laughs> back next week. You guys, take care. Ha, 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 ha.